Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Holy Malinaji, Peter Cards, Brooklyn to the world. We're back better than ever. We're episode number. We're going to have to go with Seth because the numbers are getting too high for Peter Cards. Where are we no, at? This Where is we at? an easy one. Well, what is it? What is it? What's it? What's it? What is it, Peter Cards? 60? 60. 60. Yeah. All of a sudden, now you're keeping count. Yeah. I get the you, even numbers better. Well, you weren't. You get the even <laughs> numbers better. What were you at? 58 and 56 and 54, <laughs> dipshit. Huh? You weren't there for that one, right? Survey yeah. says. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you got it. All right. So we're at episode number 60. Uh, what are we doing this week? Are we doing one or two episodes? What are we doing? We'll play it by ear. We'll yeah, I don't know if we have time to do that. Yeah, I don't episodes, think right? so. It's already like tough. 9 o'clock it's at Pete's, night. It's Pete's uh, wedding week. Yeah. I uh, we got, got announced. We made the announcement with the with the fight. Lots going on this week. Lots going on. Peter turned 34 years old. The big 3-4. Is, is, that, is that a thing, the big 3-4? Is it? Or is Absolutely it, not. No? It's just like a bit. It, it's it like fell a, like, on the same day of my wedding rehearsal. So yeah. all the attention was on church and... Getting everybody in line and boom, making All me feel right. old, man. I was thirty-four in two thousand four. Wow, 34, you 2004. are an old piece of shit. I am an old piece of shit. <laughs> wow. What's with the what's with the sour grapes? I mean, like, what, what is that? What's, what is it with you guys? I walk in and Relax, I sense like some no, tension. No, you're old too. Sense, you're older than me. <laughs> All right, bro. I'm 35. Relax. Yeah, he's still fighting. Now look at you. Yeah. What are you fighting? You're fighting. Yeah. The so, we, so we officially signed the fight. We we gave you guys a heads up on the podcast last week. Oh, you guys love us on the podcast, and we give you guys we give you guys inside like the heads up. We, the inside scoop. We'll call it. You know, we gave you guys the inside scoop. At least on my fight, we gave you the inside scoop. We told you. Gonna be announced. This was gonna come out, and uh, boom! It's been announced in the last couple of days officially. Me and Gabriel Bracero will fight on the Leo Santa Cruz and uh, uh, Carl Frampton on the card. A lot of support on Twitter, right? I mean, yes. I got a lot of support on Twitter. A lot, a lot of the fans saying, you know, they're they're wishing me luck, and I really appreciate that. You know, uh, they understand that you know it means something to me to go out on uh, on a winning note in Barclays Center. It's uh, and and really the the appreciation is really heartfelt. I I, I get that sense, and uh, it's really appreciated on my end. Back up, you said go out. Well, go out as far as, you know, it's almost... It, it, whether I fight her again or not after this fight, I, it, I don't want to fight past 2016. So if I fight again or not after this fight, it's it may not be a Barclays Center. You know, right. it, it, that's never a guarantee. You know what I'm saying? So I, it, it, what, that, that's kind of what I meant about the whole go out in a, in a positive fashion in case I never I don't get to fight again at Barclays Center or if I don't fight again in general. You know, I, I'd like to have a, a better opportunity to uh, to do it the right way, you know? Um Seth, before you rudely inter- uh, anna- uh, interrupted me, I was actually gonna about to make a different point. Whoa, sorry. No, My but bad. uh, but um, yeah. So that was uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. Now. That's a, that. No, no, no. We don't want you to leave. We don't. We got. We got. We got love for Seth the Twin over here in the, in, the, in the studio. Even though we're in Studio B today, what's up with Studio B? What's what's going on over here? Uh, we're, we're like second rate citizens over here. Uh, no, you, you change the time on. Well, you well, change like, the time. What do you mean change the time? We, we've done a, we've done five o'clock or six o'clock podcast, no? I thought you were coming at five and you switched to six. You're running late. You're I training, don't know, bro. This is what I mean. We got a no, Studio A, our TVs barely work. I'm studio, like fucking, We got uh, Studio B now. We don't have a TV at all. We barely have a 
desk. Uh, this is looking like the studio down in Miami. Uh, like, this is like this is like we're becoming like second rate citizens over here. Uh, you act like CBS is a major media company. Nobody's or here when I get in here. We don't. We, well, well, Pete Bailey has his Coronas on the table. Bailey, our pets' heads are falling off. Oh I don't know what's going on anymore in this place. I feel I like Rosa Parks, like I'm in the back of the bus. You know? Yeah. Well, at least we're not. At least we're not in the back of the bus, but we're in the back of the podcast studios. Is the the, the equivalent the equivalent of the podcast studio. The mics work. You know, I, I'm 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 gonna put in a complaint. I guess I, I feel like sometimes I feel like one of these yuppies. You, you write the you, you write letters. You know, you know, like these yuppies. They write letters for everything. You know, I like, think it's because I'm fat. Is that what it is? Yep. You know what I noticed yesterday at your, uh, your wedding rehearsal, though? I gotta, be, I gotta be honest with you, what? Peter Cards. You know, I, it's because we're best friends and we're honest with each other. And Seth, you know, Matt, you're, you're in the circle of trust, so you can listen to this, too. You yes. know, I gotta be honest. As I watched your wedding rehearsal yesterday, and then I had, we had everybody over at the house, and we, everybody was chilling, it was a celebration of your birthday and the fact that you get married this week. It was, right. it was a jovial setting. I was looking at Gaby, the general gambler. I was looking at Giancarlo, our, our friend, the DJ. Right. One of two friends we have, Giancarlo, that are DJs. Right. Um, I was looking at, obviously, your wife-to-be, Alyssa. Right. I was looking at, um, you know... Helen, your sister-in-law, you know, and I, and I was saying everybody lost weight for the wedding. Everybody lost weight for the wedding. Gabe and John Carlo. Gabe and John Carlo was skinnier. Giancarlo has always been the same weight. John, well, okay, okay, John, you're right. You're right. John Carlo's off. Gabe? What the? Yeah, Gabe lost weight. Gabe skinnier. Gabe was scoffing down ice cream. I know, but he still lost weight. Maybe he's gonna put it back on for the summer. But he, but he, but he, he put, where was the effort for your wedding, cuz? Where was the effort? Somebody's gotta make the, uh, bring the bread home, you know? Yeah. That was, what do you wanna do? What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> so you, you're bringing the bread home and you're eating it too? Yes. <laughs> that, that's that's that was, the point. That's the problem. I was, I was, I didn't so, know I was supposed to give it out. I didn't bring the bread home. Sure, I ate it. What are you sure. Gonna do? I mean, I Dip guess it in sauce you do have a point, right? I mean, it's called carbs. Yeah. yeah. You wanna stay away from those. <laughs> yeah. A little late, though. You can go on a two day cleanse. It's, <laughs> well, two-day two cleanse, now. right? Or do a, col a, col a col I, don't, I was going to say colonoscopy, but we don't want to do a colonoscopy. Colonics, right? We want right. to do colonics for your wedding. Like and Keith that loses Thurman. like five pounds. Keith Did Keith Thurman, Thurman do that? I heard, guys, I heard MMA fighters, uh, they do that and they lose weight. Yeah. I might be reduced to doing that uh, if, if, pretty soon. If <laughs> the way things are going for my weight and uh -oh. making weight, you know? Things are getting harder. It gets harder and harder at 35 years old. What happens with your fight, though? Like, if, if you come in 48, you guys are still going to fight. Not to say you're going to do that. We're coming 48. Hold on. We got we to gotta know no call. We got to know no call. Let's take on. it. Take hold it. Hold on. Yeah. Oh. Speaker. Come here, boss. What's up, boss? I call him boss. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. Ah, you bono, you sempre bono su Boss, come sto dicendo? Poi, chi ti ha due venuti a passare? Ok, vanno a lavare ore, basso. Ok. Ok. Noi andiamo dopo. Ciao, ciao. Ci vediamo domani. That's all. See? No, no. I told him I'll talk to see him later. So, yeah, so, what was I, uh, now I was interrupted by my grandfather. I'm losing, I'm losing track of. Do you want to do colonics? Uh, colonics, that's what, not colonoscopy, colonics. That's the word I was colonics. looking for. Yeah, yeah. two different things. To lose okay. weight. All right, so we want to do. Thurman did it. And I heard a lot of MMA fighters do it, and they lose weight too. I don't say I want to do it, but I might have no choice but to do it if things keep getting bad. You've never done it before, right? I've never done it, and it's I heard it's like I heard it's a, I heard it's a, it's it's a. Do you feel like a no Yusef moment? Like, is, is, hey, come on, there's something yeah. going up your ass. I mean, I, yeah, I, I was living to. in LA, and this beautiful Ukrainian woman was doing it, and it was just it was really? lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. Until you saw it was come out of her ass. 
I, oh, I saw it was coming out of my ass. Yeah, and it was nice. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, you're she, you're she an old bag I, of shit. Have, yes. have you had a colonoscopy done too? I had a colonoscopy as well. Nice. Well, you have, do they do it like that. two in one? Is it like a two no. in one gig? Colonoscopy is way worse. Really? Uh, but you do it at the same time? No, two different things. So two different offices, two different things. Oh, I thought it was like you go to the same place. It was everything together. Colonoscopy, they shove a camera up your ass. Yeah, they want to see. They want to see everything on the inside. If you get it, you might get cancer. Right. Pancreatic colon cancer. Colon cancer. Yes. Oh, okay. So that's, uh, you know. Colon Actually, you know, it's funny. My boss, Ray, had to do one yesterday for the first mm-hmm. time. He turned 50, right? That's when they, people start 40, yes. 50. Hey, well, how old do you me go. I, I yeah. need to go. I've heard it was 40. You're, 50, you're in your 50s, right? 50, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I heard it was 40. <laughs> right. Peter Claus, you might have to do it at 40. No, you I'll might. do it tomorrow. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so that's what I like to see. When you go, when you go, I'll go. Yeah. Unless I gotta go sooner for my weight class, no, for my to make weight. No, no, that's uh, the other thing. That's the call. Two that's things. The what is that? What is the other that's thing? I get it. Why they sound so similar? They sound so similar. Because they both have colon. to do with your colon. That's your, what it is. Okay. AKA your bum hole. Have All you right. guys ever been put down, put under? Yes, but put down. You have. It's weird, right? What, what is it? putting you put under? What, put, what, what anesthesia? Anesthesia. Mika, you're talking to me. <laughs> I used to get it like every month with, with, with my hand surgeries and all kinds of surgeries from uh, boxing. I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying like yeah. a veteran of anesthesia. <laughs> well, no, what, you're not. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I, I never, I never quite wake up the same when I wake up from anesthesia. It's I don't like know a why. bad knockout. It's never yeah. the same. Well, yeah, it really is, bro. It's so weird. The doctor's like. I go to recovery and he's like, "Oh, he's he's in recovery. He's fine." Um, give Which him like surgery? 20, yeah, everyone. Give him like twenty minutes and he'll he'll come to and and you know just take it slow with him. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah doc, don't have, we got time." You know, I didn't know that meant two and a half hours. Yeah, you go like, there, you put your balls on his head. And yeah, forget about it. Pictures, yeah. and he's out fucking cold. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad news. Like me, I get anesthesia. Like I get up, I'll, I'll go. I'll go like play a sport afterwards, like play because sport. I what sports is he because play? he he anesthetizes himself every night with, <laughs> with alcohol. Exactly. Yeah, what's the anesthesia gonna do to him? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, the doctor really said that because he's a, a supreme athlete. They don't drink. They don't use medication. They don't do anything. So it makes him groggy. Oh, it fucks them up yeah. big time. It makes sense. It's like a foreign colonic, substance. Colonic. You don't go out for colonics. They just put a tube and they shoot they water. They put a tube. Up you, and can you, watch, and you, you can watch. You can watch all the Nutella come out. No, yeah. yeah. And you lose. And you really no, lose weight. The first time was really bad. Yeah. How do you, you lose five extra pounds or something? You're not big five pounds. Mink, is? Yeah. For you. Mink. If you've never done it before. From 152 you, you to 147. Imagine. There you go. <laughs> or like you know, like say 153 to 158. And then you have to just sweat a pound. Yeah, you would be that's thing, right? <laughs> right. Did, did but what if, like, what if it's like something new and like you don't? I don't feel good after. Like, is no. it possible you don't feel good after? Like, you know, you know, I'll never like to try anything new before, like, well, you know, uh, you'd be fine. a fight or something. You know, it was amazing though. She could tell that I smoked pot by seeing what came out. Get, like, get out of here! Yeah, she's like, you smoke pot? Can they tell like, anything else? Uh, she knew I had gay sex, which was also weird. <laughs> that um, is weird. Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> that is so weird. Yeah. That's uncomfortable you, if you're not out of the closet. You right. Know? And I was like, no. Like your mom's there. Right. And, you, and she's like, Why you is my mom at my colonic? Oh, well, I'm 57 years old. What's oh, wrong that's, with you? that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, let's, uh, can we go move on to the boxing? We won't move on to the boxing. <laughs> we're not doing a rant episode this week. We're just going right. to kind of don't flow. And, and this does have to do with boxing. We're talking about making weight, and we're talking about Shooting Keith Thurman said he did yeah. it, and then, and we we might do it. And, and uh, I mean, I might do it. <laughs> and we, we couldn't figure out what it was called, and now we figured out what it was called. And, and I'm saying, like, you know, All as right. it gets more difficult to make weight these days. someone like him could lose five in that setting. In I'm that just saying that's what I heard. I don't right, know what you? I could lose. What would I lose, like 25? You have to do. You'd you have can't to lose do, 25 uh, pounds doing a colonic. No. That's impossible. You'd have to do you probably have to do like three, three sessions, times. yeah, right? They sign yeah. five pounds a piece. Well, uh, hey. maybe we should go together. All right. No, 
Do you want to hold it? hands while we do it? Yeah, sure. That's cute. The I mean, I, I mean, whatever goes on my ass doesn't go in your ass, though. No, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> what whatever. you eat doesn't make me shit. Yeah, yeah. It, we got our own tubes. Sterilized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sterilized. I don't, I don't want to. They shoot water up. They ask you when you, you want to release, and the first time's uncomfortable. Like, all right, release, release. And then I went back a week later. What do you mean? Like, it feels like you got diarrhea or something? No, just it's uncomfortable. There's water shooting up inside you. And you're like, you release and they release it. And the stuff comes out. Wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Because this, this, is, what I, this uh, is getting weird on me. They're rinsing okay. you out. I yeah. understand they're rinsing you out. But when you got to go, you got to go. Like, no, what is this no, like? No, 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 what no. is it like? Uh, it, it forces like a bowel movement or something? Like, no. Uh, no. It just, it's just uncomfortable. There's, there's water being shot up in your colon. And, and then you just lose weight. And because you and take everything out. Comes out. It's like a power wash. Inside, no, it's a right? power wash. No, I'm serious, I'm serious dude. Too. I've heard a lot of MMA yeah. fighters do this. Yeah. I mean, wait. And so first, I'm, the first time I'm, I might have to consider it. I went, went, went back. But a week as later. we discuss it more, yeah. I'm considering it less and less. Oh, I'm honest. trying to help you. I went back yeah. a, week, a week later. I could take the water. It didn't bother yeah. me at all. Really? All the all the old stuff. All the gunk was out. It was gone. Thirty years, huh? Yeah. Thirty years of gunk. Hot dogs and thirty years. Yeah, tater tot. Thirty years. 30 plus. What do you want? I'm saying when I got it done. The first time I did it was like eight years ago. Look at yeah, long. 30 years. Wow, Minka. 30 but years. no, the, the colonoscopy, my boss went yesterday. So that procedure, they give you this nasty drink oh, that yeah. you have to drink, right? You, you have can't to drink eat? the whole. You have, like once gallon. you drink that, you mm -hmm. can't eat anything. For how long? Well, this is the funny part of the story, right? Uh -oh. So he drinks this on Saturday. Uh huh. He couldn't eat Sunday, and he couldn't eat Monday morning. Why? <laughs> why? He's burnt out. Why did he drink my Saturday? My father was like, why didn't you set it up for Monday and drink the stuff on Sunday? Right. He's like, oh, yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So he, for no so he couldn't drink or eat anything all day? You get a broth. Like a wow, broth. Like crackers and broth. Yeah, I yeah, did I it. He's an imbecile. You do it the day before. Right. Yeah. That is kind of You stop eating like at one a certain time, then you drink that that's stuff, it. and that's it. The stuff tastes well, like shit, right? Yeah, it's nasty. That's kind of crazy, right? Because what you're doing then is you're, that stuff makes you go. So you're cleaning yourself mm. out in a sense so, so that the doctor the there, doesn't get on. Nutella on the camera as much and he can see <laughs> more or less what's going on up there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Brooklyn to the world. The colonic episode. <laughs> the colonic episode is right. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Yo, speaking of like, to the world and Brooklyn and all this stuff, remember when we used to leave the nightclubs and used to always argue with the Arab guy who used to give the halal food because he used to always overcharge you? I'm finally going to get him back. Yeah? What do you mean? Trump's going to be in office and the motherfucker's going to be out of here. You think so? Yep. Wrong. <laughs> the fights got, the whole guy's allowed to stay, bro. I mean, yeah. dude, I, bro, I like let me tell you something. No, let me food. tell you Go. something. Whoa, the right. guy just charged me for two pretzels and two snapples, $15. And I was in such a rush and I'm so hungry and I'm making weight and I wanted to eat half a pretzel, okay? So I was like, just thinking like, pay him. I mean, it was two, two and two, but still. Go for it. Yeah. At the end of the day, $15. Then I walked away and I'm like, this fucking guy. $15, two pretzels, and two snapples? There's just no way. But you want them to stay. No. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're still up to no good. What they were trying to hustle people. Like, I, I was just in such a haze because I was late here and I was trying to get to the studio because I was late and, and, and I'm hungry making weight and I'm, and I'm kind of delusional when I'm, when I'm got to skip meals for these little fucking small snacks and shit. And I honestly shouldn't have been having the pretzels. So in my mind, I had that guilt trip. Like, I shouldn't be having a pretzel right now, but I'm going to have one anyway. Right. So, like, everything else I'm thinking about, like, when he said $15, I'm like, damn, it's kind of expensive. But. 
I didn't I didn't exactly give it a lot of thought until I was in the elevator coming up here. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this scumbag charged me $15. I'm trying to come up with the prices. What he charged me? $5 a piece for the pretzels and $2.50 a piece for the snapples? There's no way. There's no way. So I thought of all the times you used to argue when we used to oh. leave Crowbar, there was the guy outside with, with some nice halal food. This wasn't pretzels. This was like nice halal food. This, like good. this guy was good. And this guy yeah. used to, I mean, Pete would come out hammered every week. I would come out oh. hammered sometimes and sometimes I'd be sober. So, so I'd actually watch this guy screw not, our, not only us over, but screw like other people over too. Like charging $10 for a sun-kissed. Like it was crazy. I used so, to give him the casino, so, remember? So, so Peter used to give him <laughs> all kinds of lines. He used to argue back and forth. You having a good night, kicking everybody's dick in, my <laughs> Take this kebab and pound it, <laughs> bro. Think of, all right, so four four shish kebabs and two sodas. What should that? What should you pay? And this is ten years ago. Yeah, this is more. This is like oh four, oh five, thirty. Bucks. Neither I nor Peter 30? had money. Really? Four shish kebabs, wait, uh, seven bucks. Oh, little tiny things Dude, on the stick. Oh, just a little. Bro, this stick. is also two thousand. This is when you were thirty four, two thousand four, two thousand five. You know, like around then. Boston beat the Yankees. It was a horrible year. Uh, so it's like four bucks a piece. I don't know. Sixteen, eighteen dollars. Right. Try forty. <laughs> I'm like, what, what the fuck did you say? Was it all? Game? And there's a line. There's a long line. Oh, Peace yeah. off, arguing with the guy. I'm like, did you say forty is in four zero? Like, I got to give you two twenties for this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, my friend. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he always make like he didn't yeah, speak friend, English, yeah. you know? Like, the fuck out of here, bro. Forty dollars. Peter, you used, get to, out of the Peter club. used to pay him. You're getting this, and that's all you're getting, and he still used to take it because it was still a good, a good deal. <laughs> yeah, like he used to tell him, like, nah, you're getting, you're getting twenty or twenty five. Whatever, you get twenty five. That's all you're getting from me, buddy. <laughs> the guy's not gonna leave twenty people behind him in line to try argue with Pete over ten bucks that he's screwing them over anyway. So because you already took the food too, didn't you? Yeah. So he, so Peter would beat him instead. But well, you're waiting for the second one. You eat the first one because you don't yeah. want to walk with two. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, so, but it was funny the, the the communication skills of them. Every this was every week, bro. This was every week. We we leave crowbar. Yeah, same oh, guy. Yeah, he he stationed himself right he outside saw of crowbar. Us every, every time, everybody would come out hammered at a sure. crowbar. So it was like the same guy every week, and and, and Peter would argue with him every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man of principle. Yeah, you're making America fat again. Thank and the you. guy would know him at this point. The guy would know. Him, like, ah, ah buddy, friend, don't fuck. Uh, me over tonight, yeah. buddy. Don't you do it. How Don't you, you do it. you charge it tonight, you cocksucker? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Those are good old days. The good old days. So, we had some fights over the weekend, right? We did. Couple we some good, good fights. A couple of different cards. I was calling uh, the Thurman Porter card. We had... Uh, Let's talk earlier today, though. We had uh, Anthony, Joshua Anthony Joshua and Dominic Brazil. What do you think of Showtime. that? And off of TV, we didn't get the fight here in America. We had uh, George Groves beat uh, Martin Murray. It was right. a nice win for George Groves. It is. I couldn't pick the winner in that fight, to Honestly, be honest with you. Uh, Jared, our boy Jared, hit me up. He said he was taking Groves. He thought Groves was a lock. He wasn't sure if he was a knockout or not. And I said, right. honestly, Martin Murray's really tough. Wait, right. I wouldn't say he's getting stopped. That wasn't on TV? So he no. hit. So that Jared, our boy Jared, shout out to Jared Prestoroni. Coming into town, and he uh, he morning. hit the uh, he's coming for the wedding. He hits the uh, Groves, Mister Locksmith hits Groves and the over, boom, just this like that. Great fight, Groves right? by decision. They, those guys are are two tough guys, and they you could see them just going at it. You know that. Like typical, but Groves European. has faced hands, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, Groves, uh, Groves was beating the life out of Carl Froch until yeah. Carl Froch just fucking yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah. But um, then then we I saw um, you were probably busy. I saw uh, go for it. 
Spit it out. Good. Chris Eubanks? Eubank yeah. Jr. Yeah. Oh, did he? Did you? He's uh, he's a beast. <laughs> he's really, really good. That guy had no business being in the ring with him either. No. Isn't he the mandatory for Danny Jacobs? Isn't that fight supposed to happen? I mean, what's going on with well, that? Well, they said they said now he he, G, triple G. he wants to fight Triple G. He now? wants yeah. to fight Triple he G, just and I skip right over. As him. far as I heard, it's being made. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's tough. Eubank will fight, go out fighting against Triple yeah. G. Like he's that. He's That'd got he's got his father's craziness. You know. Yeah. Like he said, he has his father's chin too, which is one of the best chins you could have. He's gonna need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah you know, I'm telling you, I like he'll crack, he'll crack Golovkin too. He'll Absolutely, hit Golovkin, you know? and he's gonna give him a look that that Golovkin's but not used to, you know. Oh, interesting. No, I, I, I like it. I like somebody actually stepping up to the plate right, like that. You exactly. know, he's, he's that's a, what I respect. Sick bastard. He's been talking about Golovkin for like a year, bro. He's a sick bastard. He's, gonna, he's the only sick one who will we'll fight him. He's yeah. the only one. Sick and I was like, I'll fight him in 2020. Sick in a good way. I'll fight him in 2020 at 152 and a half. When he's 45, I'll fight him. Why you guys? Like lower your voices when you do. Why you do that? Why why why, 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 why you have to squeal? Squeal voice. <laughs> I don't know. Just you know, don't move. All right. So oh, we're doing Oscar saying oh. if Canelo was going to oh. fight him. Or not. Oh, okay. So oh, he's going to fight them. <laughs> See. So what about what about the uh, what do you think of Joshua in Brazil? Joshua is an animal. Joshua really is an animal. You know. But speaking of locksmiths. What else was hit over the over that fight? What was hit? The over. Yeah, the nice. over. That was a Peter lock. Peter Collins had the lock of the night, the over. What was it three and a half rounds? Three and a half. That's Where what do you I'm get saying. your balls big enough to, to I said it go here against an undefeated on guy three Brooklyn and a half rounds? to the world, uh, I, I said granted, Brazil has character. He's uh, a tough son of a bitch. I wanted to take the under. I did. It's tough. Because I went to watch Brazil's like, last fight, and I was like, this guy gets hit like a ton, and he's slow. He did get hit. And he is kind of slow. He is. That was his problem. But he took it. That was you know? his biggest issue with Joshua. Is just Joshua is just a lev- like levels above. He's like a, he's like an old he school heavyweight. That's like a, one of those like old school slow yeah, heavyweights. He's just a big Lumbering. guy. Lumbering. Lumbering. Yep. Yes. And Joshua is like if if you're not on point, he's gonna counter the shit out of you. Yeah. Brazil had, had all the no hand top right hands. Yeah. The jab was the same speed every time. It was kind of just gonna eat that. Yeah, up. It was kind of just elementary at a certain point. It was like well, at what point is Joshua gonna stop him, or can this guy right. really be nah. tough enough to survive? And then and Brazil close. like will land the shot, and Joshua will laugh. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, because it was not on it at that point. Yeah. He had broken him down. Let me ask you guys a question. Joshua I like because he's fundamentally so sound, and he brings the power behind it. You know, he's not totally loose and, and elusive like that. So it'll be interesting if if, if and when, if he, when says, he fights David Hay. He's just getting but, better and better, yeah. you know what I mean? It's very nah, like, man, very yeah. likable guy yeah. too. Yes. Likable guy, really cool. <laughs> little Honestly, kid like, I like snuck both. in the ring. Did you see that? No. Yeah, so yeah. Little kid snuck in the ring, and Joshua like put his arm around him, like around his head, like yeah. take a picture with him. And I think he must have said to him like, "You don't belong in here, do you?" You know. And the kid was just like put his hands in the air, like I don't know. And they they got the kid out of there. Yeah. Like, he just ran in. Like Wilder's talking about, he wants to fight Joshua. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it, think it, that fights happens overnight. You know what well, I mean? We don't right. want it to, right? We want those guys to build up a little yeah, more. Yeah, about So what's going on with speaking of Wilder with this Povetkin thing? I mean, you got the. Brian Binsky threatening to sue everybody now. He's like, sue for what? Like, I feel like Rocky. Sue, sue me for what? I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on over there. But I, I, I suppose the fight is still going to happen at the end of the year, which is a little weird to me. Come on, Pope. Um, touch me. I'll I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So that's kind of weird, too. I mean, they, 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 there's a little circle in the heavyweight division now. A little... Uh, a little uh, and we lost the Tyson Fury fight. The we Fury lost the Tyson Klitschko Fury fight with Klitschko uh, over his ankle or something like that. Then uh, he was at the European Cup, the f- I, uh, football I soccer, and he was buying Jaeger bombs for everybody. You see his tweet? <laughs> he bought two hundred shots of Jaeger bombs for everybody at the European nice. Cup. Yeah, That's and cool. then and then now there's a rumor that he failed for Nandrolin. Yeah, failed the drug test. Somebody for asked me about that, which is so weird yeah. because why would you talk like that the way he's talking about being so against PEDs and then you're taking them? 
Like, dude, he, really? He's, he's kind of he's kind of trashy. I, hey, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. know. That I makes you. That makes me. The hypocrisy makes I, me lose a lot. I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't, don't want to talk bad, but he just seems he comes across a little trashy. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind yeah. his whole gimmick until that. I mean, if if he really did fail the steroid test, his whole gimmick I was totally cool with. I mean, I I totally like somebody who's got a gimmick and he and he fights and and, he hates and the I, I totally. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not hating aside. I mean, I, I just I like somebody with a gimmick. I can yeah. respect that, but. Now the hypocrisy. If you're talking about PEDs, and then you're you're the one taking them too. I mean, I hope that's I hope that's not true. I hope he didn't fail the test, and I hope it's just a rumor. But uh, and hopefully we get to see uh, Klitschko and, and uh, Fury later on in the year. Well, I would like to see it either proved or disproved. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know? And I think uh, I don't uh, like the rumors. Yeah, of course. We don't because like I don't want to speak on rumors, and then I'm you know when the person's wrong because I can't stand the guy, but I don't like negative. You know, n- you know things yes. that are non-factual. Yeah, you got to respect know. his name when you speak on it. You know, <laughs> right? I, I don't have to, but I wouldn't go and call. It's like calling a guy a rat when you don't have have like any proof. You know what I mean? You can't just say, "Oh, this guy's a fucking rat." You know what I mean? Like in this case, you can't say that he cheated when you don't actually know. Right. Somebody that's just a, a hater on him could say, "Oh, he took this." That's true. Well, I, if he did, it'll <laughs> come out, and if he didn't, right. then it won't come out. I mean, like a he's on. He had a big belly, right? And he show off his belly. Well, he always has a big belly, and even in the ring, that's what surprises me. Because even in the he's ring, he's going to the European Cup. I'm psyched. Like, Even in the ring, he doesn't look good. <laughs> no, but he looked better. He looked in shape against Klitschko. He Did won he? Twelve rounds, he, more so than that big belly. But I'm saying, look at the guys. You look at his peers: <laughs> Vladimir Klitschko, Anthony yeah, Joshua. Yeah, to get a guy body that big Wilder. to be that ripped. Though I mean, he's six ten. He's also the mass he has is is mass. Uh, it's fat. No, it's I mean, totally fat. It's just robustness. It, it, it also makes him a problem because when a guy is 6'10 and being that robust, it, it makes him a problem. He's a big guy. <laughs> it's, he's man, a big guy. My problem. strippers are robust. This is not robust. You, you have strippers? Oh, I used to. Get uh, married Friday. Don't, don't. No, I mean, like you said, my strippers, like you own like them. Like strippers. Yeah, well, mm. listen. Uh, uh, well, well, <laughs> something you want to come out, you want to speak no, on? No, no, no. I'm just saying. Pete's confession. <laughs> strippers are robust. They're busting out of their clothes. You know what I mean? Yeah, busty. A heavyweight champion of the world shouldn't be busting out of anything unless yeah. it's busting through a wall. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Like you look at Anthony Joshua, you look at David Hay, you look at Wilder, Wilder, They're all big, these strong guys. dudes. It's, it's even new, a kid, it's a new the, the kid Martin, that won the title and then lost it to Joshua. The kid, he wasn't even nearly as big as these guys, but he's in good shape. Well, I guess the guy Frank Bruno is real big. <laughs> right, Tyson, right, right. And, uh, but this Norton. guy's bigger than them all, though. Yeah. Yes. You gotta understand. I bigger and bigger. fatter. It's like Chris Ariola. There's no, no excuse not like Chris Ariola. He Chris Ariola. Like Chris no, Ariola. he's not Chris Ariola. But their body is just horrible. I understand, but you're not gonna see. You're not gonna see an Adonis every time. You're not gonna see like a, a Anthony Joshua every time either. You is know? his brother? Not, everybody, not his, everybody's body is like Peter yeah. Fury's brother. Yeah, or his cousin. Cousin, I think his cousin. Yeah. His cousin. Does he look like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. So it's the guy. So stop with the Maybe fucking Maybe he likes height. a couple pints of Guinness in between. He likes more than a couple. Yeah. And that's fine, too. But he's you're going to look likes, like that. He obviously likes Jaeger bombs, too, because he was Who going crazy. Who doesn't like Jaeger bombs? Yeah, yeah, he was going crazy at the tasty. European Cup. <gasps> I had some Jaeger bombs in London. Shocking. Yeah. At, the, at, the, at the, <laughs> the hotel in London. Bomb. London. So Jaeger bomb. You want a Jaeger bomb? So that so that was uh, so that was the card uh, of over in England uh, mm-hmm. sold out as usual. Anthony Joshua packs the house. That's cool. Uh, man. Stops Dominic Brazil. I mean, if you haven't been to an Anthony Joshua fight live, it's it's definitely a treat. And uh, I've gotten to see two live in 10, person. Ten thousand people for the wing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a treat in general. <laughs> it reminds you of it's the closest thing I've seen to Ricky Hatton so far. You know, and it's not quite Ricky Hatton yet, but who knows? Maybe it could develop into that. It's you know, pretty close. It's, uh, it's getting there. It's uh, and he's just he's just starting his rise to meet uh, his meteoric rise right now. And so. He's not about trash talking, dude. Hey, 
prepared. He doesn't. He's want very that. classy. I like that. He really and is. he's getting better. But I will tell you, man, David Hay is still a threat, man. David Hay is still of a threat. You know, uh, and, and both guys that I like a lot, uh, Hay and, and Joshua. It's a it's, time that you can see Joshua getting countered. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge fight uh, when they do finally make it. Um, and then I look forward to uh, hopefully being. If you think Joshua's know. fast, watch David Hay's hands. <laughs> yeah, Hay's Hay's like a. Uh, a, a lightweight in a in a heavyweight's body. You right. know, he's got a, a lot of athleticism, so he brings a different wrinkle to the table. Did he, he fought, fight at cruiserweight first, right? He yes. fought at cruiserweight. Yeah, yeah. He, he, won. Knocked he, like knocked and he knocked out Enzo Macronelli. and he knocked out John Mark Womack too. Who yeah. At the time, was the premier cruiserweight right. in the world. At the time, he stopped him. You know? <clears throat> so uh, I remember hating the amateurs. I remember I remember being at a, a USA versus England duel. Uh, we fought in London in a hotel. And uh, uh, Hay knocked out uh, the guy that was representing us at heavyweight, uh, the U.S. team. And I remember, I always remembered him after that because it was such a smooth knockout, you know. Um, and I said, man, this guy's sharp. This guy's good, you know. And, and they uh, also, at that time, had Audley Harrison, right? Audley had just turned pro. He was a he was, he was a guest commentator. But he was a super heavyweight, right? Yeah, uh, Hay was heavyweight, but Audley had just turned pro. He had just won the gold medal at the Olympics, and he was a co-commentator for gold the Sky Gold medal team. at the yeah. Olympics, but at, never panned Olympics. out. Yeah, never panned out. And, and, and Hay was uh, still in the amateurs. He was on the England team that we fought against. And uh, he stayed in the amateurs for another year. He went to the World Championships the next year. The World Championships that I skipped, actually, the that I turned pro for... Uh, uh, in Ireland right. the next June and uh, the Goodwill good no the Goodwill Games oh. and the World Championships that okay. were the next summer that I, I ended up skipping over because I turned pro but uh, I was uh, that was actually a tournament I was supposed to be at as well but I decided to turn pro you know you chase the money at that point Absolutely. but but hey uh, hey ended up turning pro about a year later so I remembered him that day and uh and uh, I never forgot him because he stuck stuck, stuck out. That out, knockout yeah. stuck out to me a lot. You know who else is on that on that show that I hadn't remembered um that was talking to me when I was in Marbella. Uh, the fighter from England, the lightweight. What's his name? Oh man, I'm f- forgetting now. Man, the lightweight. Uh, he lost. He lost the world title fight to Frank Warren's guy. He's with Frank Warren too. Uh, WBO. Uh, WBO. Not the WBO. Was it? Uh, I always thought it was Ricky no, Burns. WBO, no, no. No WBO super lightweight. Uh, Ricky Burns is. Uh, which title? Oh man, which which one of the cha- Flanagan is the is the lightweight champion that that uh, Frank Warren has? He defended against the. Uh, Another Brit. Oh my God! Why am I remembering his name? Cool kid too, man. Oh man, this is, box getting, right, this is gonna uh, get me Flanagan, mad right now. Fact checker. Terry Flanagan. Terry, box Terry Flanagan. Right, uh, yeah, Terry? Uh, Derry Matthews. Derry Derry Matthews. Oh, boom, okay. boom. Never mind. I got it. Never boom. Mind. Little, we got a little slow on the fact check. check today, Seth. A little slow on the fact check. It's a damn Studio B. <laughs> so yeah, Derry Matthews. He was also on the British team that, that on okay. the English team that we fought against. I had, I don't remember Derry, but Derry was telling me. Derry was telling me he actually had the video to that whole show, uh, and I was like, "Yo, yo, give me the video, man." He's like, uh, he was like, uh, "Yeah." It's, he goes, "It's funny, Paulie." He goes, "You you the way you were talking in the interviews for the back that that at that time, because you know, at that time I guess I was like really arrogant and really cocky, and uh, and you know, I, but I don't remember because I never got the video for that fight, you know, right. and for that whole show. And he was talking about how I'm gonna be a star. I was talking about how I'm going to be a star one day, and and uh, it's 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 just knowing all that stuff. You know what it is? At that time, I also loved Princess Ahmed, so I knew I was in England. You weren't wrong. I knew I was in England, and I knew Princess Ahmed was a big deal at that time. So I was basically doing my best, uh, uh, trying to imitate the uh, the flashiness and the brashness of, of Nassim Hamed and uh, when I was in front of their their cameras you know but it was funny yeah I guess uh, you know I panned out as well you know so mm-hmm. uh, it was it was pretty cool it was, a, right. it was a pretty cool experience but yeah so hey hey always uh, stuck out to me ever since then and so you know I've watched that the rise his rise to stardom as well and uh, him and Joshua I think would be interesting man I think especially at heavyweight oh, you know heavyweights mature later so I think <clears> hey's <throat> still in the not in the maturing process but I still think he's a prime heavyweight uh, still looks in great shape still he, fit. He, he was down at South Beach when I was uh, down 
down there training and uh, still looks fit, still looks ready. He's still fit to fire, isn't he? He has pictures yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. 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 Him and I, he it's brought cool. out his buddy Joe Fournier, who is also fights under the Haymaker banner. Joe Fournier is interesting because he's a fighter because he wants to be. But he's got a lot of money. Um, he's friends with a lot That's of celebrities. Cool. He's uh, He owns a nightclub, several nightclubs actually, but one of the nightclubs he owns is in Greek Island of Mykonos. He always tells wow. me, like, yo, you got to come. It's, it's unbelievable. The parties we have and stuff, it's crazy. It's good. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I was like, this guy just wants to fight because he wants to fight, you know, because he doesn't have to fight. He's, he's actually like a, a socialite of, of some kind, you know, like he's got money. Right. And so he was his down there. His motivation is not money. Yeah, his motivation is just to fight, you know, so, which is cool, you know, real cool. And uh, actually. You had a friend like that, right? Who? Uh, Liam. Oh Liam, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Liam wasn't a uh, wasn't a club a club owner. His family had money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liam, uh, I forgot what was his last name. Oh man, Liam Vaughn, my boy Vaughn, Liam Vaughn. Yeah. yeah, he's in the he's in L.A. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Back to uh, Fournier. Yeah, it's funny because he's in Milan right now. And when I was celebrating Italy beating Spain the other day at the Euro Cup, I get a tweet from him that he's he's videoing on the Piazza in Milan and everybody's going crazy. And he was out there too, you know? So Joe gets around. Uh, shout out to Joe Fournier. Shout out to Haymaker David Hay. And shout out to Anthony Joshua. And uh, congrats to him on the performance over the weekend. And uh, we look forward to eventually that uh, Joshua and Hay fight. And hopefully uh, I get to call it either for Showtime that or Sky awesome. for both, if that's the case. Now. Moving on to other fights, right? What was the other fight? The other card? Showtime on CBS. Yes. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? All right, let's stop. You've worked for CBS on CBS. (laughs) Yeah. Why were they saying it's the first time in 35 years? Because it was prime time. What does that mean? I've worked worked on afternoon shows on CBS. After 8 o'clock. First time CBS prime time Uh, in in, 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 uh, 35 years. Yeah. Uh, I was like, what are they talking about? Like the guy in uh, Coming to America says... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Where's the spoon? Where's the spoon? <laughs> That's beautiful. What's wrong with the soup? The soup too hot? No, the soup's fine. The soup too cold? No, the soup's fine. What's wrong with the soup? Where's the spoon? Trying to America. Another classic New York that, movie. That guy, Eddie Murphy, played him too. <laughs> Eddie <laughs> Murphy played everybody. Eddie, Eddie and Arsenio Hall played everybody, right? <laughs> Great movie. What does those residuals checks look like? You play 17 people in one movie. <laughs> I think you just get one check. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you didn't sign up like 17 contracts. Yeah. Wait, wait. You're silly. Yeah, so on CBS, uh, we had uh, PBC on CBS with the Showtime crew called it. Uh, my guys, uh, Al Bernstein, Mauro Ronaldo, Jim Gray, myself, uh, rest of the crew. And uh, quite a good card. I-, I thought it was a good timing for a great card on, on primetime television. Uh, it needed to happen. It needed to happen. Two fights were great, man. Two really good fights. I thought Jared Hurd really, uh, 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 I wouldn't that say a star is, a is born, because if you knew boxing, you knew about Jared Hurd already. But yeah. I think uh, Jared really made a statement because, you know, Javier Molina is no slouch of a fighter, a uh, former Olympian uh, and a good and a solid professional who can go on himself to, you know, be a competitive guy in the weight Jared class. Jared Hurd is so Jared calm. Hurd is so smooth yeah, and so hard to figure out what he's going to do next. So, you know, he's, he varies himself so well. Uh, it's just how much scarier can the junior middleweight division become? I mean, there are legitimately a solid eight out of the top ten that could be number one in a lot of weight classes. I mean, it is so strong. It is such a good weight class. I but mean, then people criticized me when I said that Canelo's not even the yeah, top five. <laughs> you, have, you have Canelo coming back to junior middle, right? You have the Charlo twins. You have Boo uh, Boo Andre. You have Arislandi Lara. <laughs> You have uh, even somebody like Austin Trout. J-Rock. Uh, uh, J-Rock Williams. Yes, J-Rock Williams. Even somebody like Austin Trout still solid. Vanis Monterosian is very solid. You have now Jared Hurd. Jared Hurd. What about the kid, Eric 
Erickson. Erickson Lubin is coming Lubin. up the ladder, really He's showing savage. the Molina twins. The Molina, Molina brothers are still they're solid. You know, they're still the, they're upper echelon top ten. Right. Maybe in another way because they'd be top ten. Maybe in the dream middleweight division, they're just outside the top ten. Right. But you got a, a Willie get, Nelson who maybe to gets get got, there. You got to beat those yeah, guys. Yeah, Willie Nelson who just lost to Demetrius Andre, but Willie right. Nelson against right. anybody else is a rough guy Absolutely. to deal with. You know, it, it is. Rough man, what a weight class! It's it's crazy. It's 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 fun for us to watch it, but I mean, it's scary to like think you got to fight in there uh, among those guys. Absolutely. You know, it is I, really never saw, I never saw Jared Hurt fight. Well, you've been great. in that weight class with the welterweights. Now yeah. it's nice to see it somewhere else. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, and it's always welterweights welter still weights. remains pretty solid, but uh, Junior yeah, Middle, yeah, Junior Middle is just no, the depth of that weight class. are always there <laughs> when the heavyweights. And then Liam Smith, the WBO champion, was fighting Canelo now. You know, good. But like the heavyweights take a break, and people like stop watching boxing. Meanwhile. The welterweights are always there to keep it afloat, right? And now you have super welterweights. Now yeah. you have featherweight. Like yeah, boxing is, is on a fucking Here's the thing with these junior middleweights too. Kel Brook has a lot of trouble making welterweight, and you keep hearing rumors that he may go up to junior middleweight, and maybe the Spence fight will eventually I'm happen. Sorry, at somebody we forgot to mention, Miguel Cotto's at 154. Miguel Cotto's at 154. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying even uh, Kel Brook may wind up there very soon. Yeah, you know, yeah. so with Kel Brook, I mean, we're either going to get him against Spence or we're going to get him a junior middleweight. So there's no, there's no easy outs there either. You know what I'm saying? It's it's uh, it's it's a, a tough. Looks tough when you're when you can barely make the welterweight limit and and you're trying to make your way to the junior middleweight limit where uh, with these guys, all these dogs are waiting for you, waiting for you, man. Absolutely. So it's a good it's a good weight class. Jared heard a solid performance, and then we move on to the main event. What do you think of that, Pete? I didn't have it as as close as everybody else. I I don't give credit, and you know nothing against Porter. He's a tough kid. He tries real hard, but uh, and he's in good shape, obviously. Mm. But I don't give credit for football tackles and, and football tactics. And I mean Mer- American football, not slide tackles. But the kid literally elbows, hits behind the head, hits Shoulders. in your in your uh, back. He pushes. smothers himself. He pushes. He pushes with his forearm. He headbutts. Everything is ugly about the way he fights. And I heard you say to someone like, well, if you make him not smother himself, maybe he's not as effective. That that's very true, but that's a fucking shame, dude. Like this yeah. is where what's gotten him here. Yeah, he's got to be aggressive. He's, I don't feel like Sean Porter is a kind of fighter that can sit back and try to create space and try to. I feel like his main asset is his aggression. So the same things that make him a little bit susceptible also make him a great fighter. You right. know, make him a, a, a tough guy to deal with. Which somebody is, you know, hit me on Twitter pushing, was like the pushing and the rough stuff, the the the, the rushing in sometimes too much rushing in too much to where the, to the point that he smothers himself. The reason I thought Thurman was more effective was because he was able to get more leverage on his shots because there was more space Clean when he was landing shots. those shots. So there was enough space to where you you bring momentum behind your shots. Because when you're smothering, you're not there's not enough momentum behind your shots for them to really stand out. Uh, Thurman consistently had enough space between his shots to 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 develop the momentum and land some man, some eye catching shots. Listen, you know? At the and end and of you know day, it's Thurman, it's hard. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, if you can get Sean Porter to think and stop that Hellacious pace, and he did. He did. There's a reason for that. He got hit hard and clean, and it was timed. That's the stuff that people aren't realizing. Like somebody hit me up on Twitter. It was like, "Oh well, he made Keith panic." I said, "Panic? Oh, he, you know, his feet. He stumbled a few times, bro. The guy's literally spearing you. you. Yeah, this is not. He's not." Walking towards you, he's sprinting at you, and you trip over you, his feet. So yeah. you're you're going. He's going forward as fast as he can. You have to go backwards. 
Do the math. He's going to get you. So for you to be slithery in there, yeah, of course there's going to be a little hicc- hiccups uh, along the road of a 12-round com- fight. He never lost his composure. Never lost though. his composure. Yeah. On yeah. the inside, he's more effective. Yeah. He's landing little little touches here, catching shoots, and, and in between Sean's barrage of bullshit, you know, Keith would impress me like... I, I can't even speak on how much he impressed me and because he did more than I even thought he could. Like I, I was talking to people earlier before you got here, like Sean Porter's a fighter you cannot look good against, and Thurman looked good against him. Like, well, as good as you're going to look against. Right, I that's mean, what I'm saying. That, Sean Porter's yeah. to the point where he's he's so good that now just beating him makes you look good. Yeah. There's guys right. that are at that level where you know there's some guys you're not at that level where you got to beat them and look good. Some guys, it's just it's just uh, a thing that's accepted. That if as long as you beat them, you know they're uh, it's a good performance because just beating them is, is a good enough performance. I mean, Porter has two losses and he's given both guys runs for their money. You know, Kel Brook and Keith Thurman. You know, I I, I also gave Keith more more uh, props and I thought he won the fight because he was able to be a bit more effective. And I thought when he was able to slow Sean just a little bit, just enough to where he was able to use his legs and and the most the thing that showed me the most character was he started to really become most effective with his boxing ability after he got hurt to the body. He got hurt to the body, and you started to sense a momentum shift for Porter again, and you started to sense, oh, man, it's going to get bad for Keith as the late rounds start coming upon us. He just got hurt with a bad body shot. And instead, that's when he, Keith was able to summon the will to maintain his composure and box and box and box. And Sean kept coming the whole way. I mean, anytime Keith stopped, Sean was right in his face and throwing punches and, 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 sm- and smothering and doing the pushing and, and, and roughing Keith up as best he could. And, and at times, it was very effective as well. But it just wasn't, I thought, the consistency of Keith was more consistent than the consistency of Porter. Porter's come forward a lot of times, but it wasn't always effective. It made for a fun fight, though, and it made for a fight that people probably want to see again. I wouldn't mind seeing it again, um, even if you don't see it right away. And it made for a, a damaging fight for both guys, but entertaining fight for every, for all the fans. But people have to understand. When Why you, were they booing? The and criteria, watch- the criteria of, of, of that judging is based on is ring generalship, Thurman all the way. Um, defense, right? Keep Thurman all the way. Clean, effective punch. Clean, effective aggressiveness. That's, to me, that's not Porter. Just because you're a barrage and you come forward with your head and everything, that's not effective aggression. What Keith was doing was effective. You know, he stopped him in his tracks a few times, gave him time to do what he wanted, back on the jab, set himself up for the for the next, you know, um, scenario or whatever. None of this was all thought out by Keith. Like to me, it's like Sean doesn't think. Well, they know each other very well too. Yeah, yeah. but it's like Sean fights that way no, no, matter, no matter who what. he's fighting, you know. But I just felt like the it was actually pretty easy for me to score. Like I couldn't give Porter five rounds. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. You know, yeah. and the booze, like you said, I, I don't know what the fuck they were booing about. Right, I you, know, like, gotta, you gotta understand something. You gotta yeah. understand also. Sean trained in Brooklyn for a lot, a lot some of yeah. the training camps. So you know, maybe the fans. Yeah, you know, he's a likable guy. The church way. thing, the dad thing. You know what I wanted to talk about? What? There was a point in the fight where Keith got headbutted bad. Mm-hmm. That cut was bad, and in the corner, I think this is. I don't. I don't want to, you know, overstep my boundaries, but I think this is like a meditation thing for him. He had his head down in the mm-hmm. corner. Uh-huh. For almost a whole minute, and I'm like, "Don't tell me this kid is gonna fucking quit." You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in my seat. I, I can't speak on how it feels to be in that kind of pace, but I'm like, "Don't fucking tell me after all this, this kid's gonna quit." Not only did he not quit, he came right out and was jumping at the 10 second count. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like he just had his head down, as if shit was really bad, 
And then when the the he was seconds out, he was just composing himself. He was composing himself. I was like, "Holy shit, that's he, awesome!" He's a very interesting guy. He is. Yeah. And they say that deep, he deep, he, he meditates. Yeah. So and you never clocks. know if if um in that minute he just says to himself, "Block everything out and just relax, take your breaths, relax." Because they're working on his eye, and he just had his head down. I'm like. Wow, this doesn't look good. And well, then Paul, he just came out. Paul, you've been in enough fights. I mean, and I, I'm not a fighter, obviously, but I imagine there, there's a time when you have to like dig deep down. It's a gut check. It's yeah. about what you have inside, like your heart. Yeah, and, you got you, know? you got to ask yourself, you know, you got to ask yourself questions and answer them the right <laughs> way before you go back out into the into the ring for more violence. You know, and sometimes you know it's easier to quit. You feel like, but I want to. That's when you uh, have to think of the quote I, I, I think I take out of Teddy Atlas's book, where people think. Quitting is the easiest thing to do in a fight. Quitting, you say, oh, I'm tired right now. I can't I can't do this anymore. So the easy way out is to quit. But Teddy Atlas mentioned something very interesting if you read his biography. He says, in actuality, in reality, quitting is the tough part because that's a decision that you're going to have to live with the next day and the day after that and the next year the and the life. next decade. 15 the rest minutes of your later life, in the locker room. The 15 minutes, yes, even 20 minutes later in the locker room when you're fully breathing, you have your full breath and now you're not exhausted and you're not feeling in pain and it's over and you're going to say, man, or the next morning when you wake up and you're going to say, man, I could have really done more. That is the worst feeling in the world. That is the worst feeling in the world. So, you want to live with that the rest of your life, or do you want to bite down for another twenty minutes, or for another twenty-five minutes, however many rounds are left? You want sometimes to bite down. Sometimes it's three minutes. <laughs> yeah, you want to bite down. You know, sometimes I look at the round call, girl, man, and I'm and I'm and for what round it is, and and I'm tired and I'm uncomfortable, and I'm you know I you lose track of the rounds when you fight a lot of rounds. You know, sometimes I look at the round call, girl, and I'll t- I'll look at it and it'll it she'll be holding up like round eight or something, right? For example, for argument's sake, round eight. So round eight to twelve, it's eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, five rounds. So five rounds, I do the math, 15 minutes. One between, one minute in between, about four or five minutes. And I got to tell myself, okay, man, 20 minutes. Do I, I, I got 20 minutes. Can, let me, can, I can't suffer for 20 more minutes, however difficult it is. I can't, I can't get through this 20 more minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't try my hardest for 20 more minutes of my life. You know what I'm saying? That's really all it is. When you you have to simplify, it. you have to simplify it as best you can because it's, Break it, down, it's, yeah. it becomes torturous when you're in a tough fight and the pace is bad and you're in pain and something's hurting or something's broken or mm-hmm. you're bleeding and or, or just whatever in general. You know what I'm saying? It just, Getting hit harder you, than you've ever You have to been simplify it. You have to simplify it. You know, you don't want to just stay in there. And that's what I liked about Keith and Sean both. They didn't just stay in there through the difficult fight and convince themselves oh I gotta stay in here they convinced themselves not only to stay in there but also to fight hard throughout the whole thing they didn't make silent contracts yes, which is another yes, thing Teddy talks yes, about yes so it, it happens yeah so you know that that, that, that shows a, a strong uh, mental character you know sometimes you just stay in there and you stay in there to survive they stayed in there and they stayed in there to win the whole way so you gotta not only willing be willing to suffer then you go out there and actually do take care of the suffering you know what I'm saying and it's you know it's it's, it's it's a different level of mental stability, man, and that and that's why some people are fighters, and some people are critics, or some people are just fans, or some people just don't want to do it. Or you some know people I mean? are alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? Yeah. You have strong mental capacity for beer? For, for beer and sangria. Yeah, nice. That's what it is, huh? Yeah. I got to yeah. say, if I was Keith Thurman, I would not want to fight Sean again. No. Oh. I, it's just one of those fights. <laughs> you know, I think, I think when it finally builds up to a rematch, especially if they both continue to win, it'll be like... 
it'll become like a seven to ten million dollar rematch. You know, it should be. Like I, it should, so. I think it, it will. Be. Yeah. Does Sean now? And now you're gonna enter. You you'd enter into the fray. Errol Spence slowly lurking in mm. the background. Right. Does He's sh- got to fight Kel Brook if Kel stays at welterweight. Uh, of course, we don't want to take away from Jesse Vargas, who's also a live guy for Kel, and he's probably the toughest name on paper for Kel aside from Sean Porter. Um, you know, it's it's getting up there. Shit is getting real. You know what I mean? What does Sean do moving forward? Second loss. Both to world champions, I mean, both to the top upper echelon. I mean, he hasn't yeah. he hasn't disgraced himself in either loss. So I think you know the there's still a lot of opportunity for him. Right, but I mean, I heard he had to strip naked to make the welterweight limit. I don't know how much longer he can make yeah, welterweight. Yeah. And honestly, I hate to think of him at junior middleweight because no. that we just talked about how how no. ridiculous that weight class is. So I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, right now it's still promising for him, but. You know, shit can, the welterweight and junior middleweight divisions are the, all those kind of divisions where shit can turn real bad real fast. He you know can blow these guys no, without, you know, just standing up straight. That's how that's small how, he is. That's how small he is. <laughs> you know? But he's... He moved up to 154. I mean, he could he could pipe boo-boo, like, just standing up. Like, he might need a ladder. I don't want ju- to jump ahead too much, but are there any... Oh, fi- Yusuf. Are any 54s that you see that can maybe go up to 60? Yeah, I think there's guys Absolutely. that have been at 54. Like, I've heard Jamal Charlo has a lot of trouble making weight, you know. Um, so I think he'll be at 60 soon. There's guys that have been at 54 for a little while. I mean, even Canelo, obviously, I think will return to 60 eventually. Most um, commonly, your first weight class is not your last weight class. You know what I mean? You turn pro, you win yeah. a title even. You're out of there soon. Right. It, there's very few Zab Judas of the world that could make 140 their entire life. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Hopkins went up too, but, but he was there for a long time. 20 years, whatever. 60. Yeah, he made 160 for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's guys that always end up moving up. Canelo's fighting Liam Smith, he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the WBO Junior Middleweight title. It's like, where's the money for. Like, I know Canelo's a draw every well, the time. Money, paper, the money paper, is. Yeah. I'll tell you where the money is in for that fight. It's a world title fight. Liam Smith is a WBO Junior Middleweight title. So. It's, it's all presentation. Mm-hmm. In some cases, you know, when you have a guy like Canelo, it's all about the presentation. He's already such a big name. So, what do you... Now, he just vacated his world title. So, you get him Liam Smith, who's a solid fighter. But if Canelo can beat William, William Smith, and it's, Liam's not just going to hand him the title. But if, if Canelo can get the win over Liam Smith, you now have Canelo Alvarez, world champion again. You know, you have now three-time world champion because he's been a junior middleweight champion. He's been a middleweight champion. And he comes back down to junior middleweight and wins a world title if he does beat William Smith. So it's all about the presentation. You've now added a uh, added more to his resume as far as world championships are concerned. You added yet another win. You can present this and, and put a nice swing. little bow tie, bow tie on the whole promotion and, and make it Canelo's return to junior middleweight as a world champion before he's going to go back up and fight Golovkin because... He got himself into the shit by moving up to middleweight and winning a world title. And granted, he beat Cotto, who was not a middleweight himself. Regardless, with Golovkin at middleweight, once you step into the middleweight realms and you start doing good, you are gonna be you are gonna be expected to fight Golovkin. So, being expected to fight Golovkin, you can't turn away from it now without the criticism because you're such a big name and Canelo, that Canelo is. So he's gonna go to junior middleweight, but eventually now because he's made that step to middleweight, he's gonna be expected to fight Golovkin at a certain point. Is there so a we'll bigger see. money fight for him than Golovkin though? Is that or is that the uh, you know Mayweather? what it is? Golovkin doesn't, <laughs> Golovkin doesn't present. Golovkin doesn't present a lot more money than anybody else. That's that's the problem with Canelo. Such himself. a big draw. Golovkin may represent maybe a little bit more money than everybody else, but it's is a little bit more money than everybody else worth, worth the chance to actually lose a fight when you can, you know, mix and match yourself against other solid guys, but guys that won't beat you possibly. You know, but you guys were telling me that there's a lot of 54s you think can beat Canelo. Yeah, or and can, I doubt Canelo fights those either. You know right. what I mean? I, I think Demetrius Andre would beat Canelo. I think Jamal Charlo would beat Canelo. Good fights. Great fights. J-Rock. I mean, 
J Rock uh, is coming into his own. J Rock might beat everybody, but you right. know we got to see him right. uh, how he handles everything right now. You know, what I mean, it, it's it's just so many elite junior middleweights right now. It's it's a scary place to be if you're a, if you're a, a fighter in your prime and you're in that weight class. There's money to be made, but like I said, shit can turn real bad for you at welterweight or junior middleweight right now because you can be in a money position and just turn around and get your ass kicked a couple times real fast, real fast by some good fighters. Absolutely. And then people, regardless if you lost a good fighters or not, you lose two, three in a row. People don't want to hear about it anymore. You, you're not right. getting paid. Pay, you're not going to get the fights you want. You're just on the outside looking in. They don't care how good the fighters were. They don't care how deep your weight class is. Losing two, three fights in a row or two or three, two out of three fights at any weight class, even if your weight class is weak or if your weight class is strong, people look at you just the same way because the perception is a reality. It's not reality, but perception is reality. People are not going to understand, hey, man, this weight class is a lot, a lot deeper than the lightweight division. You know, this weight class is a lot deeper than the super lightweight division. The, let, let's cut these guys some slack. You don't get a pass. No, no, that's the problem. And that's the problem. And that's why fighters don't fight each other anymore. People complain, oh, the old days. No, dickheads. Not the old days. Because in the old days, you could lose and people will still forgive you and you could come back in big fights and mix and match everybody and still make great fights. And, and people would still show up to the arenas and want to see you again. Now, you sell everybody on records so people don't want to take chances because once you guys' record is stained, you can't unstain it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then that's it. And then you're shot. You, you got like, uh, for example, me, Paulie Malinaji, 35, and said, oh, he's shot. He's, he's done. He's, can we can Paulie retire already? He's shot. You know what I mean? So people don't want to reach that point. So in order not to reach that point, you can't take all the risks all the time. And that's why you don't see it as much as you used to see it in the old days. I felt like we were going through that. What's going on in 154 now? We uh-huh. went through your whole career. Uh, 140, when you were at 140, was yeah, very the deep. baddest division in the yeah. fucking planet. Yeah. And then 147 was, was yeah. tougher. Yeah. <laughs> when you had the WBA from, uh, from Senshenko, mm-hmm. they had an ESPN rankings champions, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, and Paulie Malignaggi. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. So you want a unification bout? I mean, <laughs> who you can fight? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's right. the, that's the toughest fights right there. You know, yeah. Yeah. unifying those titles, and that's you know that's a stacked weight class. And I feel like 154 is kind of you know at that point now. So I hope they get the the love they deserve. You know, and, get the likes and that's the thing. That's the thing. You, you, you can't they criticize get the too they harshly if they lose at this level. If you lose against a subpar guy, then yeah, listen. You know, and speaking of speaking of losing, that guy. I'm gonna backtrack a second. Speaking of losing, um. The Jared Heard uh, Javier Molina fight, you know, it was a little bit of criticism on the stoppage. I personally felt Javier should have been able to finish the fight. I, I, he never was hurt. People think uh, people just people are dying to say somebody's hurt in any little move he makes. Like somebody makes a smother move or somebody pulls out a little bit after he takes a shot. Oh, he's hurt. Right. Even announcers. It, it is the most annoying thing in the world, guys. Other human beings are not that easy to hurt. You don't just punch somebody in the face and hurt them. You know, it, it doesn't. And they're not, hurt. Not con- other human wise. beings, other world class yeah. fighters. You know what I mean? So. Mo- Heard had obviously gotten Molina's attention in the fight. He had dropped him. But even when he got dropped, it was a flash knockdown. Molina got up, and it was, you know, bouncy and ready to fight the rest of the fight. And he continued to fight hard the rest of the fight and continued to make Jared Heard work the rest of the fight. Now, right before the stoppage, you see Molina pounding his chest like, all right, you got me with a shot. Come on, let's go. You know, and he, at, first, yeah. at first, he's at first he smothers. He takes a good shot, and he steps in and smothers. He looks to hold. And and even one of my co-commentators made, uh, uh, and I wanted to correct it, but he said, oh, he hurts him there, and he stepped. No, he didn't hurt him there. That's a smother tactic. That's a 
let's slow down the tempo because I just took a good shot. Let's slow down the tempo and, and cause a reset because, you know, the, the, crowd, gets exci- get the, crowd, the crowd gets excited. My yeah. opponent gets excited. He landed yeah. a good shot. I'm not hurt, but in the excitement, a lot an exchange might happen, and then I might get hurt. So right. let's, let's slow it down tactically by causing a smother, causing it a clinch or something, and slowing everything down and resetting again. You could tell Molina wasn't hurt. He was just ca- trying to cause a reset. So he steps in and smother, ca- trying to cause a reset. Doesn't exactly get the smother, so he pulls back out. As he pulls back out, he bangs on his chest, like punching his chest, like, come on, let's go. Like, basically saying, like, come on, let's I'm go. I'm still here. I'm and that's anymore. where the rest steps in and stops it. Now, I get it. Molina was behind. I get it. He's taking some good shots. Hurt is, has such a good variation to his offense. He throws shots at you that you don't see coming. You can't time. You can't anticipate because it's such, such a weird variation. So he was catching Molina. But Molina was live. Molina was throwing good combinations himself. He was throwing hard shots, too, like, with hurtful intentions. Bro, there's a minute left in the fight. What are you doing? Right. You know, like, it's the guy's first loss of his career. Like, chill out. You know what I'm saying? Chill out. It's, I don't know. I just felt like he didn't deserve to go out like that, go out on a stoppage like that. Like, you said it on the air. You handled it really and, well. And, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, Jim Gray told me afterwards, like, he pulled me aside after. He's like, hey, you know what? It's a different audience. You know, these people don't know. They don't want to see too much violence. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a boxing audience. Get the fuck. No way. I said, Jim, no. I said, no. The, a fighter ha- works hard to get. And then he understood. Yeah. That's the cool thing about Jim. Like, okay, Jim understands okay. the athlete's point of view. No, yeah. that, that's, that's the thing about Jim. He'll, if you, 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 he can actually be reasonable. Sometimes he'll agree with you. Sometimes he'll disagree with you. We can't but, but he can actually on the rationalize. <laughs> So I said, no, fight. no way. You can't stop that fight. Not right there, bro. Not after the guy. You let him take the worst of the beating already. There's a minute right, left. Right. And he's totally conscious. He's totally fine. He wants to go on. He's not stumbling. He's not gasping for air. You know, like people talk about it, and for lack of a better example, you know, because this is where, you know, things happen. The Pritchard Cologne fight, for example, with uh, Terrell Williams. You know, it, they were stumbling on each other. It was sloppy. You know, you could see the fatigue factor. You could see the hurtful Rabbit factor punches. there. You know, but you could see. Molina was still live. Like, there was nothing about him that told you, man, this guy might be getting hurt. You better be careful. You know, he was totally live. Like, he was in the fight. He was getting mad when he was getting hit still. But when you're in round 10, you're losing hopelessly. You're still mad. Usually by round 10, when you're losing a fight at, like, most of the rounds, you're thinking, like, man, this sucks, but I lost. He's Mexican. They're like a different kind of breed of people. That's why Trump <laughs> wants to get rid of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's why Trump wants to get nice. rid of them all. Because, nice. they're, you know, they're just, like, they're That's better right. than we are. No, but you know? they make for great fighters. I got well, exactly. to give Javier Molina credit. Paul, whatever whatever network you're on, always do you. Don't don't change who you are for whatever. Nah, nah, I'm not. You know, and that's what that was the thing. And and, and, and that's what I'm trying to say. After it's a shame because Jared, it took away from the. The credit we want, I wanted to give Jared Hurd after the fight was over. Right. After the fight was over, was over. I wanted to be talking about a you little said, bit about Molina's toughness. You said, but it. mostly about what a terrific performance Jared Hurd gave us. You know, like even if it went that extra minute and he got a decision, instead, it was a great we performance. we had to discuss the stoppage, right. and it took away from the, being able to discuss the more important things. You, you know, and that, that sucks. You that said, sucks. But you called it too. Yeah, you I said did. That but you know, it's cool. It's just, it's not fair, man. You know, this is, you know, you give these guys the respect they deserve, man. You know, like both world class fighters, man. Let, let them finish it out. You know what I mean? That's what they do. They fight. Let them finish it out. You know? Yeah. This is the hurt business. Yeah, there's risks. There's risks involved. And, and and that's but we know the risk. We get in there, we know the risks. You know, when you when the bell rings, it's up to us and, and, and not up to anybody else. You're hurt. the referee's there to protect, but what is he protecting Molina from? I still I'm still trying to figure out what he was protecting Molina from. Dude. Molina was not hurt. And the fight was almost over. So that was my two cents on that as well, you know. You think Jared Hurd? I'm just thinking. He reminds me a little bit of Paul Williams. You think? Or no, no. Williams. I think. I think Jared's a little bit smarter than Williams. And I think slicker. less of a, and also less of a, uh, 
Less of a pace. Williams just fought a really fast pace. Yes. Williams had that slickness to him, but he was throwing, 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 throwing. Put himself in harm's way. Nine point you could, I, I felt like Williams was almost like an, an automatic pilot yes. sometimes where he would just throw and throw and throw and from a distance and he finds his range because he's so tall and he throw and throw. I feel like Jared Hurd is not an automatic pilot. I feel like he's thinking and, and calcul very calculated in all the moves he makes and all the punches he throws. And I think there's a there's a sinister part of him too there and there where he's, he's mean in there, man. He's setting you up for the kill, you know? And and uh, I, I mean, I liked him. I, I liked everything I saw about him he was a he was very impressive and and a, and a great and he got a great opportunity to impress on national television and it, you know it was a great two fights on cbs we couldn't ask for anything better yeah yeah hopefully they bring us back man you know and, and i thought it was a good call i thought uh alan morrow did a great job yeah, so jim did a great job you guys got a great hopefully team. i did a great job too you know yeah, I, I hopefully we, we uh let the fans get uh, enjoy it a lot you know it, it was a uh, it was one of those one of those cards where we were we were really happy we we had that kind of card on on the show and we were happy for the fighters that they got that kind of exposure they worked so hard to get it and uh, you know hopefully the, a lot of positive things come out of it you know I think it will you know I think it's a it's a big uh, like a big um, stripe on the uniform of like PBC to put on something like that a stripe on the uniform yeah like, you mean like yeah. a black belt like a, yeah. you got a stripe on your Fuck black yeah, belt bro. type of thing you get like an a extra notch? stripe I, yeah a notch on the belt I think yeah. it, it it rose to another level yeah. after a card like that you know sure but yeah. like you said before like it's a shame that you know a lot of people are watching and don't actually know what they're watching but you know like to say oh Molina was hurt and this and that I felt like that happened 87 times in the Porter Thurman fight where every time Porter landed a shot, aside from that body shot, mm -hmm. I don't think Keith was phased by anything. I really the don't. Pace. No, the pace. No, I mean uh, shot by shot. Yeah, like any shot. Yeah. Because in the crowd, I was in the sixth row. Thanks to him, obviously. Great seats. But you hear people just going, like, every time Porter lands, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, did you not see Keith return from that shot and hit him even harder? Like the, there was time. There was times when Sean returned fire from shots that Keith landed. It was one oh. time in the was the eleventh eleventh round. He got it was a counter right hand left hook combination. Yeah. I, I thought Sean Ted was going to be in roll thirty. Yeah. Instead, he flew back like he just got spit on. Like it was like it wasn't even a punch. Like he just flew right back, like assaulted Keith right back. I was like, oh my god, what an this is hellacious. This is just and it was round eleven. Well, usually you're sleeping from a guy punching the the punching power of Thurman. Yeah, I've know? never but, seen anybody be able to maintain that kind of pace. Yeah, the two and of them from the from but from being yeah. the aggressor right. but and, the, and yeah. getting hit. Yeah, and countered. Yeah, countered. That was is the, the big yeah, thing. The aggression takes a lot more work, especially the way Sean brings it because he's, he's missing. a little bit tight. You know, what I mean, he's cutting the ring. even when the way Sean cuts off the ring. He cuts the ring really in a rush pace, you know what I mean? Like he's actual, you know what I mean? What so, round was that when he uh, uh, Keith 11. buckled him really good though? No, too. he buckled oh. him. That was early. Keith yeah. buckled him like early, the third, or yeah, second. third or fourth, yeah. yeah and really Sean came back shot. from that too. Yeah. That's right, again right. character for him as well. He comes back Tough from guys, being hurt. Man, good fighters, really. You know, like I said, if I was Keith, I wouldn't want to fight him again. He's too and rough, I think man. I don't think they'll fight for for the time being. I think they'll go separate ways. And we'll see. From that fight, oh, that happens. Yeah, that used to happen to him. Yeah, there was somebody showing me a picture on Instagram of Keith's back after the Porter fight. It was all scraped up, but that's the ropes. You know, that's, that's happened to me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just the ropes. Sparring four rounds, that's, that's happened to me. Yeah, that's it looks like you got you. whipped. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it looks was, like you got whipped, yeah. Yeah, it looks just the ropes. But I'll tell you what, uh, speaking of PBC, we had some fights last night, too. No, some pretty good yeah, fights. Yeah, I was too busy drinking and celebrating. So Omar Douglas had a nice stoppage over Alexei Colado. Uh, Alexei Colado is a former amateur world champion who actually had his only loss to Rod Salka. Um, and he gave uh, Douglas a decent fight, a decent little tussle until finally uh, Douglas broke him down and stopped him. Uh, but Alexei Colado was a Cuban defector who was a former amateur world champion. And, you know, people give Rod Salka a, a bad rap. I mean, Rod Salka's had some little key wins on his record. 
had his own weight. You know, right. people talk about Rod Salka. And they talk about, oh, another Rod Salka. What do you mean another Rod Salka, you <laughs> fucking mental midget? What do you What do you mean another Rod Salka? Rod Salka won 30 and 35. Because people talk about him like this, we'll not get another chance. But Rod Salka at 30 or 35 is actually a pretty effective fighter. And right. he had a win over Le- uh, Alexei Colado, uh, who was 19-1 going into last night's fight against Omar Douglas. He has a win over Amante Mesa Clay, who's not a bad fighter himself. Right. You know, so... But that's all, uh, another subject for another day, the Rod Salka situation, you know, but he was, he was a good fighter at his own weight. But Collado uh, gave Omar Douglas a pretty good test uh, for about seven, eight rounds, and then finally Omar stopped him. And Omar's been an impressive prospect for a little while, uh, and he was impressive last night, but he took some, uh, some shots. Collado did land some good shots on him as well. It was a good pace of a fight and a good fight, good back-and-forth exchanges uh, uh, until the stoppage, uh, and a good win for Omar Douglas, a solid win for Omar Douglas, and a, a fight, the kind of fight that makes you better because you didn't have a guy who just uh, kneeled over for you. And then, of course, you had the main Your event. Your boy, Edna Cherry. Edna Cherry beat Lydell Rhodes. A little bit controversial. Uh, co- uh, the uh, commentators, uh, Brian Custer, uh, uh, Stephen Edwards, Breadman, and uh, Julian Williams, they, they thought that uh, Lydell had won the fight. Uh, Lydell Rhodes had won the fight, but they gave it to Edna Cherry. It's almost like, uh, you know what, they gave one back to Cherry, you know, because Cherry probably got robbed against Jose Pedraza for the world title. Uh, Lydell fought well, but, you know, ultimately, though, it, it was a sloppy fight. It was a very sloppy fight. And sometimes those very sloppy fights become difficult to call, become difficult to judge. For the judges, you kind of get lost in all the sloppiness of, of, of the slop of the fight, you know. And, and the fight was very sloppy. Not a lot of jabbing, a lot of flailing. And sometimes when you have a fight like that, it, it, you start to lose track of who's being more effective and who's not. And you kind of start to pay attention to the bigger name. And Edna Cherry, obviously, was the bigger name. And, uh, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of names... Uh, Keith Thurman, who trains with Cherry in the gym in St. Petersburg, was there uh, supporting because uh, yeah, they said he, Birmingham. Had, he didn't go home. He yeah, because Birmingham was uh, is the trainer for uh, Thurman, <gasps> right? And uh, he uh, he had to train at the Cherry Birmingham, as well. Birmingham used to be a Winky. Yeah, yeah, good trainer. So uh, so they they. Uh, I want to so say, good I say for some, It was a good week for Birmingham. I mean, good pe- a good weekend for the good week for I the St. Pete boxing about, club. About judging because it it may have came off like I was criticizing them for the Thurman Porter fight. I like the fact that they got it right and they were. On the same page, they saw a news. Well, I didn't see the round. The rounds broke down. Well, but. but the score was the same, so that looks good, and it is good. You know, like that's what we need more of. And, good and for even tuning um, in for the first right, time, right? Yeah, whatever. You know, sure. there's no controversy there. Even though I can favor one guy even more than they did, doesn't mean that I I don't like the call. You they know what it, I mean? They got it right. I mean, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So when you hear one fifteen, one fifteen, one thirteen across the board, at least they both saw what they saw. And it was consistent. Um, even Steve Fallhood, who mm-hmm. is unofficial judge, is for the same. for the people at home had it the same. I watched some of the rounds and I said, "No, nah, I disagree with Steve there. I wouldn't have given Porter that one." But but it's they were fine. all wrong, and you were wrong because Shane Mosley had an eight four for Porter. Yes, well, yeah. Shane Mosley also his boy is. Uh, that's a problem with guys like Shane Mosley. You, you can't they can't watch their boy fight and not, and not give him rounds. Right. Like, you can't. You can't even. You got to take that with a grain of salt because Shane's one of those guys that, you know. He watches his boy fight, and then he's giving his boy around just because he's his boy. You can't, you can't judge a fight like that. I'm sorry. No, and Shane, no, Shane should know better. He's been around long well, enough. Shane doesn't know anything anymore. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Shane doesn't even know his name anymore. That's part hey, of the Shane, issue. Shane, he doesn't, he doesn't turn yeah, around. He doesn't. like, yeah. all right. <laughs> but, but Shane, what's two plus two? Seven. Oh, come on, man. Come <laughs> on. He's a fucking idiot, the guy. Is he? He's an idiot. Why are you saying that? so stupid. Would you fight him if he was here right now? No. Oh. <laughs> would you hit him with one of those Corona bottles? Hell yeah. Full I would one. fucking glass him like he did to uh, Chisora. <laughs> glass him? I'd fucking glass him. <laughs> I ain't taking any shots from that dude. Uh, hell no. <laughs> I, I could think I got my carpenter knife on me somewhere. I fucking cut him up. You came here with a knife? No. 
<laughs> I left it in my car. Thank Sorry, you. Shane. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, boy. <laughs> anyway, so that's that the show. That I think so. You know what? Let's close it out with a little Euro talk, no? A little European Cup talk. No. No. What? no, no you got a piss, yeah, piss too? What is it? We, we, well, let's close the show out. Let's close the show out first. You just tweeted tweet it. Tweet Shout out it. to the Italian national team. We uh, beat who? Spain. Who? Boom. We'll make it on March. And I got to be, yeah. be honest. I got to be honest. I was very surprised, uh, as, as probably everyone who watched this tournament was. Italy has seen their best days back in the day. And recently, Italy has not had the, the best national team and, and the best fortunes in these international tournaments. But it seems like we're back with tactically genius uh, uh, performance by Antonio Conte. Uh, who doesn't have the most talented team, but together has them playing uh, a system that really works in unison. And we're playing probably the best team left in the tournament. I mean, great that Germany and Spain were the two teams that people were looking out for, and now we've eliminated Spain. If we could eliminate Germany, I honestly think Italy has a great opportunity to win the whole tournament, and that would be awesome because I've never seen Italy win a European Cup in my lifetime. I've seen them win a World Cup. I've seen us lose two European Cup finals. So it would be cool. I don't want to jinx it. We've never lost to Germany ever in a competitive tournament, in a competitive matchup. Uh, but of course, this is Nazis. This is basically. You just did jinx it, but that's this fine. is basically. This is basically. This is ba- for me. This I mean, it's, it's, with all respect to some of the other solid teams left, this is basically the final. Italy, Germany, the quarterfinal. I think whoever wins this has a really good shot at winning. Yeah, thanks a lot, England, for losing to Iceland. Yeah, England lost to Iceland. Man, the guy on the team is a part-time fucking dentist, and, and England can't beat them. I, I cost me really, a nice, uh, nice that chunk. Was really rough. That was really rough. I, I gotta be honest though, Iceland. And anybody who's totally surprised from Iceland wasn't watching Iceland the last couple of years because in the qualifying process to get to this tournament, they actually eliminated Holland. They they qualified instead of Holland. Holland, the same Holland that was. World Cup runner-ups in 2010 and World Cup third place in 2014. Yeah, that Holland, Iceland made it in place of them. They were in the same qualifying group. So anybody who thinks how Iceland is now, anybody's not that's now surprised by Iceland shouldn't be totally surprised if they eliminated that team. They still have a roster of 15 men, though. They still have a roster <laughs> yeah. of whatever. Like, they still have only a population of 330,000 in their country. Like England, but they're a very organized England team. England invented they're the sport. Stout. Yes, I get it. And England yes. should be better. They should be better. Honestly, with the talent England has, they should always perform better. And the fans deserve better. Can you imagine if England, if England won the World Cup, I would be so happy for their fans because those fans they're so awesome to us. Like, I was aside, rooting for England. From I put it, money on Aside them. from Italy, I think I root for England. Even so more than USA. So you know what I'm saying? Because they, I'm telling you, bro. Like, First of all, the USA, the commentators are so arrogant. Like, it's, it's so impossible to watch soccer or football, as we call it here in the U.S. Like, Every time you're watching it, during the World Cup, it's all about Brazil or Germany. All about they blow Brazil no matter what. They got to blow Brazil. Then Brazil gets beat 7-1 in the semis. They're like, whoa. Like, bro, instead of talking, like, leading us into it, like where Brazil we knew wasn't that strong, even if they were home in 2014, you had to let everybody get shocked with a 7-1 result. You know, when in reality, they didn't belong in the semis false, anyway. False perception, yeah. right? Then, in this tournament, you would have thought Spain and Germany were the only two teams in the tournament. Like, they, they, they talk decently about Belgium and stuff like that. And they never have a good thing to say about Italy. Dude, I've been watching World Cup series since 1990. I mean, I lived in, in America since 86. Racist. I've been watching World Cup series since 1990. They've literally never had a good thing to say about Italy. Until they have no choice. Until Italy like, reaches the semis or something. Yeah. Or does something like they did the until other day. Until Cannavato has beat the Spain. World Cup in his no, hand. Until they beat Spain the other day or something. Like, then all of a sudden, like, oh, well, you know what? The four-time World Cup champions, Italians. Yeah, they, they were four-time World Cup champions before they beat Spain the other day, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I would have an example. The, the way y'all, they were, the way they forgot, were promoting, like, the way they were promoting, Roy Jones. Mm-hmm. The way they were promoting this week, they were talking about. <laughs> and Saturday, we might have an, a, a colossal clash. Uh, oh, the Spain last two and Germany, World, the yeah. last two World Cup champions might meet this Saturday. Uh, the Germany and Spain. The last, what a colossal clash that might be. Like you couldn't put in a little tidbit and say. 
Well, that's the case. It's Italy and Germany. It would still be two of the last three World Cup champions. Like, Fact. did you win? Did you have that? Did you would you get like a knot in your throat and you couldn't say that part? Like, because is it that bad if you say two of the last three World Cup champions can also meet Saturday, or maybe the last two World Cup champions? Maybe like, maybe a little respect. A little respect. You should call some soccer. No, bro. Bro, that's the problem. That. Yeah. That's the problem, bro. That's the problem. They, they start blowing people. They start becoming cheerleaders instead of actually watching the game. Just just tell us what's going on, bro. And some of these, you know, they they they. Got some nice tactical guys who talk about it and break it down. I just don't like the prediction, the whole hyping and predicting thing. Just call the shit, bro. Call the shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That's it. The woman, the woman soccer player. I remember the first. Like, first was it anybody surprised that USA lost four nothing to Argentina? I wasn't. No. I, I wasn't. No, but wait, wait. You, I wasn't at all. Actually, <laughs> I wasn't even at remotely surprised. The female soccer analyst in the very beginning of the tournament was like, uh, you know, in this game, I favor Austria. Uh, they have a really good team. They're very strong. Like they went and lost that next game. <laughs> like they didn't make it out of the group. Like Austria always where sucks. Where were bro. you? Like you were giving this analysis. You picked Austria. I believe like, Austria. Austria lost Iceland. Right. They, and like what they, they, they tied with Hungary or they lost to Hungary also. Yeah, I don't know. It's like like what the fuck is she saying? Were you just trying to sound like a genius that? If some fluke would happen and Austria, Austria would get get out of the group, you look like a genius. Who like, hired these people? Why can't you call soccer? I'm, listen, I'm not saying I'm a total expert, no, or something, but yeah, I, I, I do. Th- I do think some common sense would you know, be would you be like essential. More than I do think. I do think. I do. I do. It's less favoritism. That's just like you know. Just let the games play out. You know, break them down. Break down the tactics. Break down the lineups. You know. Break down all that, and then just just let just let the shit happen. You know, like Chris Berman's my cousin. I know they call out of soccer. I'll reach out to him. Ain't you? Really? Yeah. Is he? Well, I, don't say, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Cause, I don't know. You know like, the Berminator? Huh? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, the guys they have. I like like Taylor Twalman and Michael Bollock. And I like the fact that they bring in guys Bollock like, is good. like company. Is, I like uh, the guys at the fact that they bring in these foreign guys too. Like I like that they give that, that little flavor. I just don't like when it becomes uh, a cheerleading session. You know what I mean? When they break, when they break down tactics, it's Call still it's still great. It's still great. Right. I don't like when Why it becomes a cheerleading Americans session. You know? Cheering a Germany and, I, and I, I Spain. Hear, <laughs> I hear Paul go, "Yes!" When Thurman landed a punch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that. Like I, I, and, and and it happens a lot. I remember Euro Euro two thousand. I remember, uh, and this one we didn't have it in the U.S. So we had to order it on pay per view the whole package. I remember my grandfather ordered the whole package. I remember Setanta Sports from England. We had it directly from them. And I remember France and Holland were in the same quali- were in the same group early on in the tournament. And when they played each other. In the first round, it was like even the British guy was giving it. Oh, address rehearsal for the final. This one, address rehearsal for the final. Uh, Holland and France. Guess what happened, bro? Disrespect. Anytime anybody dress rehearsals anything, Italy eliminates somebody. What happened? Yep. It got to the semis and Italy eliminated Holland. And if it wasn't for the scumbag ref giving us four minutes injury time in the final, we would have beat France too in the final. I don't know where he got the four minutes from, but Sylvain Wiltor ties the game in the 94th minute, and then Trezeguet beats us on the golden goal in the finals. But obviously, clearly, Italy was also good. Everybody always forgets about Italy. Ironically, it's trying to get that misses the penalty kick 2006 World Cup final. That's right. And we win the World Cup. That's our show for this week, guys. Next week, we'll hopefully, we'll be celebrating Peter Cause's uh, marriage, wedding, boom, whatever you want to call it. Are you going on your honeymoon, honeymoon or no? Are you going on your honeymoon? Uh, honeymoon? We might go the, the week after. The week after. So we'll be here. We'll be in studio. Yes. All right. And then when you go on your honeymoon, you got to call it I in. I call in. I might have to call, call it in, too, because I might be in Miami. Oh, okay. All right. We might be a double call in. Double That's what we might call do. In. And hopefully, we'll be celebrating an Italian victory over Germany. Za! Za! Boom! You, you, if you have any locksmith moves or no? Listen, no? I'm, I'm did you take Italy? On, yeah, of course I did. You took it plus what? Plus one sixty-five. That's what they were yeah. to advance. Nice. How did Rosario? My boy Rosario got them at plus three thirty. Like when they first uh, made the matchup. Mm. That's wild.
Nope. That's wild. The odds makers knew better. They knew. They, they knew. They knew. We're the still, ju- the we're judges still on the show. The show's still going. The show's still going. Yeah, okay. Well, we're off. <laughs> so we're off. Till next week, we're off. We'll be back with episode 61. Hopefully, you guys keep really track. Bad. And we'll go over and out next week. Later. <laughs>